Welcome back, adventure lovers, and happy season of the Winter Moon to all of our fans from all over the Five Kingdoms. We had a few creative hiccups in last week's episode, but everything's back on track, and we're here to deliver a fresh hot order of high-stakes questing and combat. My name is Kip Killigan, voice of the LUQ and servant of the Nexus Enterprise. With me in the mega booth is special guest commentator, LUQ veteran, highly regarded researcher at the Andesian Arcadium, and former spell specialist for the Silver Penance, Ilithar Whitemane. Thank you, Kip. Greetings, viewers. I was surprised when the League reached out to me as a potential host, but when I learned that my old questing companion Raphael had flown the coop, how could I resist? <laughs> Thankfully, I've been on hiatus for my studies back at the Opalite Tower, so I had the time to come and join you for this delightful program. And we're happy to have you here. It'll be great to get some more insight on some of the more magical aspects of the team challenges we'll be watching here today. Yes, I'm certain. I know I lack the gruff charm and strong vibrato of young Raphael, but I will endeavor to endear myself to all of you out there watching. If I had a dinner for every time Raphael got a bit distracted and ended up with me having to pick up the slack, I'd be an Alcaran banker. I think that's enough talk about Storm. Uh, we have so many teams to check in on, and a whole new slew of winter quests to watch unfold. Right you are, Kip. Uh, tell me, where are we starting today? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's check in on fan-favorite hero rank team, the Mortal Dawn, having just closed a case on an important League-sponsored quest, with what seems like some top-secret subquests. Well, no surprise there. <laughs> the League's more skilled at covering things up than the fresh Danmerian snow stacking neatly atop the God's Wall. They say the Black Tower has its secrets, but those conjurers and necromancers have nothing on the Nexus Enterprise. Truly a brilliant company. And speaking of fresh Danmerian snow, let's take a look at what's unfolding outside of Anmar. The Mortal Dawn returns to the metropolis of Anmar, Arvid carrying a large armful of broken mechanical scraps. They were sent to recover some stolen items from the headquarters of the League of Ultimate Questing in this kingdom. They found a very mysterious underground plot. They decided to keep some secrets to themselves. But we see them approaching the main headquarters tower, and the door opens magically as you guys enter up the stairs. You see the large meeting hall people in gold and purple uniforms milling about, shuffling paperwork. Screens against the walls projecting highlights from recent events in the LUQ. And there is a person at the desk who signals you over with a hand. Ah, you've returned. The commissioner said she was expecting you. Yes, it looks like we've gotten everything taken care of. Ah, very good. I will put you through to her right now. Come with me. And uh, this figure comes out from behind the desk, very short human, and leads you back to this sort of enchanted elevator in this glass tube that overlooks the city and rises you up to one of the upper floors of this tower. And you enter what looks like a stone and kind of metal support beamed office with a large wooden desk, but there's no one inside of it waiting for you. He moves over to the desk and pushes a couple of runes that are carved into the top of the wood and then leaves you there alone as they start to hum and glow. And this illusory projection of the commissioner's face is looking down over you. And disappointed by a lack of uh, displayed fruits and vegetables and other such uh, consumables. <laughs> Sorry, we're not yet at the point of having backstage riders here at the League headquarters, but it looks like you've been very busy. Um, I see you have some of the things that we mentioned. <laughs> Where can I put them? Uh, anywhere, honestly, we'll have someone come and deal with it. Clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> <laughs> a horrible clattering of things hitting the ground. Please, tell me what happened. 
What did you learn? Oh my. Um. Um. Will. That's confusing. Really. There was a robot scarecrow. Da. Large robot uh, kind of machine that I think was harvesting equipment simply because it did not know any better. Or maybe it gained some weird sentience. It was hard to tell. We had to defend ourselves immediately. I see. So it was a large mechanical being that was stealing other machine parts from the city? Yes. Correct. One second. Um, they, they saw what Reginald saw. Yes, and as soon as you, before you went underground, he got stolen. Okay, so they literally don't know anything. After you entered the building and began to kind of enter the secret part, it kind of cut out until you recovered him. Duh. I think there was something wrong with it. Uh, there were other small drones and things like that that uh, presumably took original out of commission, but once we found him, everything seemed fine. Well, this wasn't necessarily a recovery mission. It was more of a dealing with a problem. And it sounds like, she says, kind of looking over the group, it has been dealt with. It's not a repeat performance. Correct. You're talking about an entire city that does nothing but uh, deal with automatons and mechanics and things like this. It makes sense that uh, dealing with sentience on that level, there's a likelihood that you would have, uh, what is it, uh, a like, a, like a soul in the machine. Mm. Hmm. Well, that's a discussion for people in a profession that is not mine, I suppose. You don't want to discuss philosophy with Mortal Dawn? I've heard it can drag on. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> and I'm a very busy person. But if the problem's been dealt with, and you clearly have evidence of some of the things that were stolen, it looks like they've been cut to bits, but that speaks for itself, I believe. The I continue to look into this and monitor the progress in sentient constructs, perhaps, or at least spread the word along. But uh, this will be classified as a success for your group. So well done. I will have the funds directed to your patron, and I have a teleportation ready to return you to your home. Thank you. Uh, if you wish to stay in Anmar longer, that's fine. We have plenty of accommodations for you here at the tower. I cannot express how uninteresting this sounds. I understand. Culture shock is common coming from a smaller city to a place like this. No, this has nothing to do with city size. It has more to do with, if, well... He doesn't like mechanical horsemen. Duh. Well, oh, more, accurately, more accurate to say I do not like the enslavement of large numbers of sentient creatures. Well, and luckily, slaves are illegal here in Danmere. Mm -hmm. Duh, unless they're made of metal. Duh. Well, yes, if we make them ourselves. Are you Is that sword on your hip a slave? It doesn't think. That's true. Anyway... Here we are, dipping back into philosophy. As as I say, it doesn't think. I kind of pull out and look at my uh, wand. Mm -hmm. hmm. Mm. <laughs> Big brain time. Artyom, if you make children, are they technically yours? Yes. Oh. Just with their own thing. Okay. He said, okay, never mind. Harvard's <laughs> <laughs> whole childhood just changed. <laughs> Well, feel free to be teleported back whenever you wish. Darn, we almost had her in this philosophical discussion regardless of her choices. <laughs> almost got me, but <laughs> I must away. Congratulations and well done. And she fizzles out. Who wants to get out of here very quickly? I do. Me. Get this oil off. It's quite sticky. I realize we did not talk ahead of time of what we were going to tell her. Good call. I look at Arvin. <laughs> Yay. Bravo. Boof. <laughs> I'm starting to think that the brass in the League of Ultimate Questing isn't exactly to be trusted. I'm starting to think, unfortunately, that nobody on the surface world is to be trusted except those who fight beside you. And uh, the door opens and that older gentleman comes back and says, Everything good? Sounds like the communication has ended. Da, do you have craft services table or something out there? 
Uh, we do not. No, lunch break isn't for another two hours. Ugh. Let's get out of here. <laughs> and he uh, takes you to the elevator, which takes you the last remaining se- uh, series of floors up to the very top where the teleportation ring is. And there is a uh, mechanical construct there who's like a very tall, kind of nine foot lanky humanoid shape with four arms. And he opens the last door for you and says, right this way. Thank you for visiting the League of Ultimate Questing Headquarters Tower. You're welcome, I guess. And uh, with a series of magical activations, you guys are flash, bang, kaboom, teleported back to the city of Lucinilli in the Silver Precinct, where you are very familiar with their structure. I have to say, this whole experience is definitely calling into question my understanding of what this, uh, though it defines a person. And obviously Mm. we can't talk about that here, but the automatons, I'm nervous. Mm. And I think Reginald probably has something to say on this. I could if I wished, but I choose not to. Good for you. I chose myself. I need you to let us know if for any reason your newfound abilities uh, draw any unusual flags or tension. I do not know what newfound abilities you speak of, Artyom of the Mortal Dawn. Good. And uh, you are, of course, in control of what information gets sent back, yes? Not completely, no. Oh, dear. They can delete things if they wish. It's sort of a direct feed. I see. So there's no way to block out anything. I did not capture anything while you were inside the place. Duh, but now? Yes, now. Duh. I see what you're asking. I will do what I can. Thank you. And uh, as you leave the military structure of the Silver Precinct, you realize a fairly heavy snow has fallen here in Lucinilli while you've been away. Winter has set. Mm. Uh, we are now in the season of the Spirit Moon. And it is nighttime as you return, and the pale blue moon is hanging over the sky in a very clear, cloudless nightscape. And soft snowflakes are just sort of landing in the port city. Oh, I love the snow. Oh. During this time of year, my uh, my family used to all get together and jump into the frozen lakes and <gasps> rivers uh, to get ourselves used to the cold. This is the first time I've seen this. Oh my. I mean, other than obviously going into the mountains. Yeah, this is technically my first winter. Oh, welcome. It's it's beautiful, isn't it? My last winter was sent, spent in the uh, church. They did not let me live for a while. And Morty starts to run around and, like, nip at snowflakes as they're in the air. <laughs> Just mowing on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the city's pretty much shut down. It's nighttime and it's starting to snow and everyone's spending their time indoors. You see a lot of lights on in tall buildings. People's horses are skidding down slopes and they can't get traction. Mm. Now, they do the roads pretty well here. <laughs> Everyone has chains on their horses. Yeah. <laughs> studded horseshoes on for traction. It sounds like jingling bells. And it is a very uh, quiet and crunchy walk back to the Lounge of Ultimate Questing, your new refurbished headquarters, uh, and the lights are on upstairs. And it sounds like business is wound down. They definitely were selling drinks and having guests all day long, but the closed sign is now on. What time is it, roughly? Uh, You're guessing it's probably about 1 a.m., hard Mm. to tell, because the teleportation sometimes time zones shift things slightly. I don't know about the rest of you, but I am so hungry. I really hope they have food left. Uh, hopefully Jean-Pierre's uh, ready to stuff me full of whatever magic he has. And uh, you go up the stairs back to your personal area. Um, you see Maven looking at some paperwork over the table. And there's some uh, like paper bags and boxes like sitting on the table. And it looks like he's sipping both wine and coffee, like one in each hand uh, as he goes. That can't be good for your bowels. <sighs> I do okay. You know they make coffee liqueur, right? I'm not a fan of the thick, syrupy ones. Good Rogamian red and nice cold coffees. Welcome back. It's good to see you all. I'm afraid all I have is uh, some to-go food. Jean-Pierre's come down with a bit of a flu. That is okay. Mm. Is he okay? I mean, he's very resilient, but he doesn't want to work with food when he's feeling sick. Mm. Very precautious fellow. Uh, Reginald, 
Could you do some flyover passes of the city? I think that would be good for B-roll, da? Certainly. A beautiful ambience of snow. Good for the monitors. Spasima. He seems very high-spirited. Better not to mention that, da? Oh. We encountered some... Mm, issues. Mm. Uh, he pulls out the chairs and says, well, grab some of this leftover awful stew from up the street. And... <laughs> Is it awful like, like the the castaways or awful like it's really bad? No, it's spelled with an A. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, please have a seat, he says as he pulls the chairs out. So as far as the official record says, we got there, there was a giant, uh, what is the word, gardening mechanism with this robot scarecrow. It was a robot scarecrow. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and as far as the official record states, this robot scarecrow went on some kind of rampage, started stealing equipment and destroying things, and he's not doing so good. Official records, I see. Nah. What actually happened is a little bit more complicated. Yes. I don't know. He holds his hand up and says, I want you to be able to tell me, but I need you to know that once you give me this information, it will be in my head. Uh, and I don't know what kind of means they may take to gain any truths down the road if this becomes problematic. Mm. Well, she did seem like she mostly bought it, but there was a bit of apprehension, so maybe it's best not. Duh, maybe we get this from you. As a patron mm. of the League, are you bound by any obligations to share certain information with them? Or I have signed a pledge to be honest with the League about the doings of my team. It was a big scarecrow. That Understood. Sounds, mm. sounds terrifying. Well, I'm glad that you succeeded. Uh, did you talk to the commissioner again? Did you meet her? In uh, illusory form, yes. So she wasn't around. She gives me a strange feeling when I'm near her now. Mm. Does she still have those strange rings? The purple one and the gold one? Yes, those ones. I assume they were decorative because they're league colors. Oh, they're decorative for sure, but they have a bit of power in themselves. They, they're rings of negation to protect her from any kind of scrying or damages of people who might want to assassinate the commissioner of the League of Ultimate Questing. Oh, interesting. Hmm. She has some powerful trinkets in her pocket. She's very wealthy, and she is a... She could have been on a team of her own should he, she wanted to a long time ago. Exciting. Well, um, speaking of information about the League, you did ask me to look into a uh, series of files that were missing from Reginald's report from when Harathax went missing. Apparently some higher-ups in the League, I had to do a little bit of digging to get this information, but they deleted it simply because it showed your bracelet being removed and a very unorthodox method. They did not want that information getting out and inspiring any kind of conspiracies about cutting your own hand off and using magic to regenerate it to get your bracelet. I look down at my wrist and I go, oh yeah, definitely a lot of people signing up for this, I'm sure. It was a strange precaution they chose to take, and that was what I was told as to the deletion of those files. It's just a few minutes of film, but it's gone now. Well, I'm hungry, and I'm tired. Do you have anything for us? I will give you a new quest in the morning unless you want to stay up long enough to hear about it. Hit me. I punch him. <laughs> oh. I, I don't think he meant that. Oh. Mm -mm. Lately, he's been very into the hitting. I thought maybe he was just... <laughs> <laughs> You've wildly misinterpreted my purpose. <laughs> if I wanted to get hit for fun, I would have stayed in Underdark. We are now a couple of days into the Spirit Moon, and I'm sure most of you are aware that Spirit's Rest is in just a few days. It is a very large holiday here in Mackinac. Um, and there is a noble in the village of Thandon, not far from Lucinelli, who wishes to have some... People of importance protect him for the evening in his estate. 
Apparently, he did a lot of funding in some early League of Ultimate questing building constructions, and they kind of owe him a favor. Um, you will be getting 900 gold out of this. Each? Uh, total. But it, it's just a one evening mission. Um, mostly keeping people away from his estate, it sounds like, is his goal. I have the form here. You can read it yourself. Um, but this is the information I was given. And he wants it to be done on the night of Spirit's Rest. That is not a lot of information. Do we get holiday pay? Uh, well, the pay is from the League itself because they are repaying a favor to this individual. <laughs> what do you think they're going to give time and half? <laughs> the long and short of it is that he wants you to protect him and his estate for the evening of Spirit's Rest, and the team will get 900 gold. And Lord Cedric. Did we work with Lord Cedric at some point in the recent past? Mm, I don't believe so. Okay. For it's some not reason... an uncommon name in Lucinelli, but... Mm. No. Name sounds familiar. But then again, all humans' names sound familiar. Maybe, I agree. Maybe the cousin of the knight? I don't know. Hmm. Well, the Nilrose family is, uh, well, it's long ago quite a bit of a wealthy noble family, but they've thinned out quite a bit. Nilrose is not as wealthy as his family used to be. He still has an estate, but uh, I don't think he's doing well business-wise, which is why he's calling in favors for the League. What's his business? Uh, he used to make a lot of furniture and woodworking. He owned some lumber yards and did some wood carving, things like that. An artisan. In his younger age. What kind of enemies is he anticipating? That's a good question. Um, he is the wealthiest man in Thandon, that's for certain. So I could see how his estate might be a target for thievery, but... And he's anticipating clear. holiday thieves? It sounds like it. Sounds weird. It does. This is going to be another one of those where we get there and then they tell us that it's something else, isn't it? Most likely. <laughs> if it's another circus, I'm going to be very excited. But somehow I don't think so. <laughs> Unlikely. Um, I also have uh, some, some money for you. I sold those magical swords you found in that dungeon, and we mm. received some payments. So currently you each have an extra 650 in your banks. Each of us? Each of you, yes. Chadim. That is some payoff from recent quests, and of course the selling of those swords. The market's a little inflated now, but I got a pretty good deal. Good. So, you mean to tell me that most humans here celebrate Spirit's Rest? The veils are thin. Usually I perform the rituals on that day. Yes, that's a, it's a very big family holiday, both with humans and elves. Even the dwarves tend to practice. What's a holiday? Ooh, oh. Hard oh. uh, Ava, do you want to explain this one? I might cry. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I learn more about your past, it makes me sadder. Every time I learn about your past, it makes me more confused. So. <laughs> can, I, can I give you a hug for my sake? I would very much like it if you didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, there are a lot of different ways to practice Spirit's Rest. Depending on how far you go, it can have different interpretations. The mainly utilized practice is that families gather together when the snow begins to fall. It's sort of a sign of the ending of one season and the beginning of another. Uh, when the snow covers everything, it tends to kill a lot of the plant life. There's sort of a rebirth that happens into the spring. But the main thing is that uh, there is a deity that we follow here on the surface world called Gollumal. It's not really the kind of god that anyone builds a church to. He's the god of life and death. He is the shepherd that ushers your soul to the afterlife that you choose based on how you act in your life and what gods you worship. Sort of a uh, sort of a travel guide to the afterlife. You get to choose your own afterlife? You attempt to. It's a intent, you know. So you're telling me that if I wanted to, mm -hmm. my afterlife would include no spiders. <laughs> None. None. If such a thing existed and you had lived a life that was worthy of such a place, perhaps... No spiders. <laughs> I'm not a theologist. No, okay, maybe, sure. No spider women? 
Ah, uh, that seems like the same question. <laughs> <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> also, it's my birthday. Is, Is your it? birthday spirits rest, Chris? I had no yeah. idea. Yes. Your yes. date of birth was left all of the histories and dossiers I pulled up on you. I, I, I keep it quiet, but I, I'm finding reasons to celebrate it. Birthday? Yes. The yes, day he the was day born. born. You, you track this? Yeah, of course. Yes. How else do you know how old you are? The you kind of just estimate, I thought. Well, uh, some surface dwellers tend to have a small kind of celebration on the day of their birth. Oh, so many celebrations, so many customs. Uh, I just we don't have sun, so we don't track days as the same way. Uh, okay, that that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> if well. I think by your estimation, I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, four, three, three, four hundred years old. What? That sounds about right for a dark elf. A hundred. That? Oh yes. I'm I'm speechless. Uh, I was born during a hook horror season. Does that help? No. Uh, I don't think that helps anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Chris, elves live to be a very old age. Thousands of years old. Thousands? Some of them in Isla Sar, yes. Oh, oh I, wow. I'd say I am somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, mid-30s, by your oh. standards. Wow. Yes. I would say being around 300 based on my experience with Dark Elves in particular means he's uh, only a third of the way into his life. I feel like such a flickered flame. I give a mm. thumbs up. <laughs> well, uh, the main celebration of Spirit's Rest is to give gifts to your neighbor and your friends as a sign of being good to your ancestors. Um, you see, there are a lot of lost spirits that some believe are kind of wandering the mortal realm looking for their afterlife. They missed the boat to get to Garlemal, as it were. And one of his servants, his uh, right hand, as they say, is St. Crothus, who has a red lantern. And people believe that he travels the land and his red lantern guides those lost souls who are still lingering in the mortal realm back to the afterlife where they will go and meet Garlemal and be sent to their final resting place. This, this is so cool. This is the part that I'm more used to. Yes. Um, so it's a time for lost souls to be forgiven for their past crimes, get a second chance to go to the afterlife and sort of reset the entire spirit realm versus material plane. That's so much cooler than being devoured by giant spiders. I guess, agree. A lot of things would be. <laughs> and, I can uh, think of at least six. <laughs> <laughs> and that night, it's a nighttime holiday. During the day, people prepare for it. They give gifts to their families and they congregate in their homes at night. And then for the evening, they stay up as late as they can. Usually there's a game where the children see how long they can stay up before the parents tuck them into their beds and say that St. Crothus came and rode by while they were sleeping. It's fairly cute um, after the gifts are given. And then the next day is called Spirit's Dawn which is sort of like the beginning of a new year midwinter. With all of these uh, needless and conditionless rewards, I feel like children would get an over incented flight of self-importance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, this checks out. What? <laughs> 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 all of my experience with Spirit's Rest is as a spectator. I think the only gift my family ever gave me, and I reach into my pocket and pull out a small vial with some bones in it, I'm like, these are the uh, pinky toes of my grandfather. What do you have? Pinky toes. No, you never know when you might need them. Uh, bones. When would you need pinky toes? Bones carry. You'd be the... surprised. <laughs> oh my. Uh, oh, uh, bones carry the souls of your ancestors, or at least part of them. The part what? that they leave for you, you know, the to guide you. The pinky toe part. Why, why would you trap the souls of your ancestors? No, what? no, no. They stay, they stay to guide you. Part of them, like part of them, stays to guide. I don't know anything about this, uh, but I know that the, the bones tend to hold a significant amount of arcane power, and um... especially going to the ancestors could be used in rituals. 
Oh, okay. This is making more sense. See, I deviated with my divine magics. Most of the people I know, my my family anyway, dealt with arcane, and so they tend to do pretty weird stuff. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at your heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maven's experiences with spectators, uh, mine's more with specters. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Spirit's Rest is in about seven days, um, so you'll have some downtime. It should only take about a day to get there by wagon. I'll have one charted and ready to go. Um, Thandon is not far from Lucinelli. It's kind of right in the center of Lyonne. And the roads should be fine. There's not a lot of trade route happening during the winter season, so rest up. Do what you wish. Feel free to spend time in the Lounge of Ultimate Questing. I've been staying very busy on top of all that. And business is doing well. Uh, we should turn a profit sometime in the next Two or three seasons. This is Norm? Yes, this is quite good. Assuming business doesn't fall off. I don't know anything about uh, running restaurants. Well, if you're out and about, make sure to share the information with all your friends. Have them follow us on social media. and Friends? <laughs> <laughs> this is a long night of lessons for Artyom. <laughs> There'll be a spirits test at the end. Mm. Oh, God. What well, does he do this? What does this she does? Where he says something and it sounds like something else. What is this? It's joking, Artyom. You joke. No, no, no. I know what jokes are. Jokes are funny. What is this? Um, what, what it sounds like another thing? They, they make it the joke I put in massive fucking quotation right. marks. What is word for this? Oh, puns and sarcasm, things like that. Pun. Mm-hmm. The. Okay. Okay. I just, I just look at artifacts. <laughs> That you can't have punishment without puns. I think you oh, would appreciate that. He does this again. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. Yes, that's a very clear example. It, it does take mastery of the language. I don't know if you're ready. Duh. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> no one's ever ready. Well, I had some more things to do, but now that you're home, I'm not going to use your table as my office. I will go find another place. He folds his uh, things up. Oh, I have no problem with it. Please, I need to go rest. The real question is, don't we have an actual office in the back? Things are being rearranged furniture-wise, and I'm trying to stay out of the downstairs for the time being. But I have places I stay, so I will be just fine. He says, tucking like things into a scroll case and putting it under his arm. I will be in touch over the next week, but enjoy yourselves, please. Keep me apprised of Loshad's uh, condition. Ah, yes, Uncle Loshad. I found a job with a uh, shipwright um, who needed some people to regularly unload the night ships on the docks. It seemed like a good job. It takes place during the evening, which is best for his physical conditions. Uh, it involves a lot of straightforward unloading, reloading, and he's underneath the guide of people. And a good opportunity for him to listen in on other people's conversations. Dock workers. This. I'm sure that his introduction to the above surface, lang uh, the surface world language will involve a lot of swearing. <laughs> As Maven's putting away his uh, briefcase, can I get a glimpse of any of the papers he's working on? Sure. It looks like there are some uh, league quests that have like amounts on them like 150 gold okay or um things that have just like rejected written on them what two of them look like forms that were asking for written records of things from the league um perhaps regarding the missing information within reginald himself mm. and some of them look like blueprints for the floor plan of a restaurant uh yeah and he tucks them all away and wishes you good evening and you now have about a week of downtime if there's anything the mortal dawn wishes to do to recuperate in the beginning of the winter <sighs> i don't know what you're all going to do but i think i need to uh train a bit um, this is a time for rest and, uh, rest? you know, um, uh, strengthening of your spirit. You know, I think you should go with, uh, Christ to get a gift because it sounds like you've probably never bought a gift. 
oh yes it's this fascinating wonderful thing that we do uh you get a gift for someone it's usually something really fancy something nice something thoughtful it's wrapped up in oh you don't seem very interested this is sounding like an awful lot of sentiment in some tongues the word gift means poison and i'm pretty sure he's gotten that for people before Mm. too soon i apologize thank you i'd like it to become a a happy holiday for you (laughs) okay i don't know exactly what that means but uh well, do you like do you like candles? Do you like um, you like food? Of course, there's always that. There's usually. Uh... <laughs> I love the idea of someone buying RTM just like a pine tree scented candle. Like Mm-mm. here, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a picture of Bren on the front. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> this candle smells like cookies. Yeah. Do not eat the candle. <laughs> yes. Um, I would I would go with you, but I uh, I don't know the cities that well even even here where we've spent some time i i'm used to large open bazaars this is different sounds like you need to strengthen your spirit by sucking it up and going out to the stores anyway and there's a soft sound of it i have returned it's very cold out there i i assume (laughs) do you have a temperature sensor no that's good to know did you see anything interesting there were some street performers playing music (gasps) where there were some ships coming in near the Five Guild Square. Oh, I might make a little detour there myself. It is one o'clock in the morning. We should sleep. Oh, go party. Or you should sleep. <laughs> All right, well, we'll uh, assume you guys sleep and go around the table and just kind of see what you do for your week off. In the return time, Maven kind of comes to you one at a time and kind of proposes the idea of doing uh, what's called a cryptic crothis. Um, in which each of you gets one random name out of a hat to get a spirit's rest present for that person. And uh, he says, you know, he has pulled some names out of a hat and has an arraignment for you if you wish to participate in such games. But it just seemed like a good team building. Sure. That's how he approaches it, especially to Artyom, as a team building exercise. <laughs> team building exercise. I like it. Um, but yeah, so what do you, uh, what does Arvid do for their week of winter time off? Um, probably spending a lot of time uh, just trying to brighten up the team's holiday things like uh you decorating (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's kind of what i thought you were going for collecting pine cones and just scattering them about the room like (laughs) just shit (laughs) shit from nature you like get a Christmas tree, but it's oh. just literally a tree you drug in. It's like laying down on roots and all. <laughs> it's got like squirrels and shit in it. Out of the ways that coyote in my bed. It's the spirit of uh, spirit's rest. It's a, that, that's kind of redundant. It's the spirit, spirit of rest. rest. <laughs> I don't think coyotes are that restful. <laughs> Much more manic than rest. Morty would not like the coyote. <laughs> also, why was it in a tree? <laughs> I just assumed the tree was separate. Right, the right. coyote independent. Under one arm, tree in the other. Ma, do you not remember telling us about the arboreal coyotes of Mackinar? Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, and bringing snacks and stuff, you know, uh, trying to find specific traditions from different places and and being like look i, I learned about this guys it's, it's, uh, you know <laughs> yes the dornish definitely lean onto the feasting aspect of spirits rest so they just snack and munch and make goodies and sweet things all winter long okay so yeah i'm the the like mom who wears christmas themed earrings every day um <laughs> that's, that's where arvid is in the festivity awesome. level does arvid have a holiday sweater that they wear <gasps> oh that would be cute it could have, you know, little, little like. It's from your own wool. 
Oh, oh, weird. That's... Yeah, you could wear a sweater of your own wool. Okay, so imagine how this goes. Uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Arvid approaches one of the team members and says, um, would you would you shear me, please? What? <laughs> 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 I'm not used to shearing something with such uh, thick wool. Usually it's the uh, Dorothy, which are not so, uh, not so fuzzy. Um, it, would, it would be a great uh, help to me if you could. I can do this. Okay. I like this. And then Arvid knits a wool sweater out of his own wool. <laughs> That's Very fucking good. gorgeous and beautiful. I love it. How about Harithax? Um, Harithax is going to uh, spend the week preparing the house for um, uh, a spiritual purge, mm-hmm. basically. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing. Arvid's running around like, like nailing like pine boughs and things to things. I'm anointing doorways in blood. And right. like drawing runes and like burning like candles and things. <laughs> Anytime anybody asks, I'm like, I'm preparing for the ritual. And in part of this, uh, you've you learned that here in this culture, they have a thing called tenor rings, which are these kind of white and blue flowers that they weave into these rings and hang them over doorways to kind of keep the spirits that are wandering to find Crothus's light away from their home. Like the ones that might be tormented or confused or hurt, um, just kind of ward them from their family. All right, so I'll uh, I'll I'll dispatch Arvid to find some of those. Other. Arvid, Arvid. Apparently, I need these flowers, and I show uh, I, I show one. I'm like, I need more of these. I'll go pick some. I I had the feeling you might. <laughs> All right, so you're smearing in blood and yeah. like warding <laughs> things. How about Chris? Uh, I, uh, Chris is going to spend maybe like a couple days making little you know cookies, goody things. Mm-hmm. So when he's out and about in the city. Uh, when he sees just someone who needs a little extra, like kids or whatever, he'll just hand them out. And he'll also spend some time trying to learn what he can about the trickster. Because mm. he's been very intrigued since he heard his voice. Interesting. So you're giving out goodies. You're trying to keep your eye out for sort of trickster-like activity and look up things about the Fae. Mm-hmm. Um, you learned that during the Blood Moon is when one of the, the kind of the, ve- the veil between Fae and Material Realm is the thinnest. So that's mm-hmm. probably why you experienced more of him during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, it might start to wane as the winter gets thicker. So you'll have to work harder to find it probably. And Team Captain Artyom. Um, I'm going to find a skinner. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a like a like a leather maker. Yeah, sure. A tanner. Yeah, tanner. Um, for reasons I will disclose later. Okay. Um, and I will also find a rune crafter. All right. Also for reasons I will disclose later. Understood. Um, and that's about it. Very good. Um, so Maven comes to you all with a hat and says, "Would you all like to draw a name out of the hat for the cryptic Crothus?" Yeah. Can't think of any reason why I should be allowed to not. All right, Arvid. You got Hyrothax. Uh, Christ, you got Artyom. Artyom, you got Christ. And Hyrothax, you got Arvid. Okay. Does anybody want to trade? <laughs> <laughs> Who did you get? Christ. I would trade. Who did you get? I got uh, Arvid. No. Who got me? Are you even allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> if you get yourself. Christ got Artyom. I like I like the idea that like it's supposed to be a secret Santa and we immediately like like Artyom and Haruthak specifically immediately tell each other who we got and we're like, okay. damn. I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure what I was planning will work. This is okay. Oh, that's okay. I, I can deal. I had an idea, but I had a better idea for Christ. All right. And uh, with that, when the seven days are up, you all kind of have been seeing a lot of each other lately. And now it's once again time to get into action and go out on a quest. You have a wagon set up for you. It's loaded with not a lot of provisions. It's not a long travel. Pretty straight shot from Lucinilli to Thandon. 
and you set out onto the road and you make it about halfway before you're hit by one of the largest snowstorms Leone's ever seen. Looks like the Myrtle Dawn have met winter head-on with a massive record-setting snowstorm, dropping hard as they make their way to a new mission. I tell you, once I learned to teleport myself, I swore I'd never ride another day in a wagon ever again. I swear, from levels 1 to 13, my ass was a splinter metropolis. Hells, I rarely even walk to the fridge anymore when I can just misty step. Hmm, I always wonder what they meant by the wagon years, but it's all starting to make sense now. Let me tell you, once you've accumulated enough wealth, magical trinkets, and fame, you can pretty much stop having to do anything annoying. Like going to the post office, or scheduling a haircut, even shopping for bathing suits. It's the whole reason I wanted to become a powerful wizard. I'll take decades of study and grueling mental trials if it means getting to stop dealing with little annoyances. Huh. Well, Ilithar, uh, whatever motivation keeps the wind in your sails. Why, these days I keep the wind in my sails by harnessing the elements to do my bidding. Ha! <laughs> huh. Neato. And speaking of bidding, let's take a look at these ads from our sponsors. City Watch, City Watch, they're out on patrol. They'll throw you in a dungeon or they'll make you pay a toll. City Watch. Yeah, we're responding to reports of some illegal trade happening in an abandoned house. We get a lot of that around here. Should be an in-and-out case. Sir, I hear some noises coming from inside. All right, everybody, let's move in. Shields up. No negotiating. Take him down. What is this? Some kind of smoke? <coughs> I can't breathe. <coughs> Sir, he's got the camera. <coughs> Where's our music coming from? <coughs> hey there, it's me, your old pal, Mac Blocken. Wishing you all a happy spirits rest. The holidays are right around the corner, so be sure to get the perfect gift for the entrepreneur in your life at Mac Blockett's Extra Legal Imports. We'll have sales on all kinds of extra legal goods during the spirit of life, like smoke bombs. <laughs> Great for parties, sleeping dots, for curing insomnia, and bear traps. Bears, obviously. So don't wait. Come find Mac Blockett's extra legal imports for the holidays. And remember, you didn't get it from me. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, all you cuties. Law here to check the fluids and top off the tank for this episode. It's 2 a.m. and I'm just wrapping up the edit, so I figured I'd just get this part taken care of as well. Thanks for listening, and I assume keeping up with the story thus far. I hope you're excited to hear how this holiday-themed adventure, A Song of Spirit's Rest, plays out. I know we all had a ton of fun doing it. No one more than me. I made some people cry. You'll see. Uh, since it's the holiday time and a lot of people are gifty and generous this time of year, we thought we'd ask if you could either share the show with some friends, because word of mouth is our primary source of growth, or if you've been enjoying for a long time and want to finally kick in, check out our Patreon and get tempted by some of our sweet, sweet rewards that we offer therein. And if you like the LUQ and haven't checked out D20 Questions yet, it might be just what you need to scratch that D&D itch between episodes. Me and Zach interview people from the gaming scene, we drink too much, we make butts of ourselves, it's really, really fun. And a huge spirits rest thank you to all the amazing patrons who help keep the show going, and the mightiest of fist pumps to our four amazing legendary tier patrons who bless us every week. Uh, Dave Mladenoff, Jeff Ammons, Isaac Davies, and new entering the ring is Christian Wiseman. A wise man indeed. We love you all. Uh, LUQ goes live on Mondays. Social media happens all the time. Bonus content goes up on Friday. Please check out slapdashstudios.com for all of the details and let your friends know. There's hilarious, fun, dramatic, and entertaining D&D just waiting for them. But now, let's get back on that action train. Welcome back to the 4th Annual League of Ultimate Flexing Bodybuilders Competition. This year features specialists from all over the five kingdoms competing to have their bodies judged by a group of experts live on stage in front of an audience of excited fans. We're entering the final stage of judging, and up first we have Cadrock Dockwell from Southern Leone. Let's see what he's got to show us. This entry is called Armigo, a creature with what looks like the legs of a dwarf, the torso of an orc, or maybe half orc, and the arms of an elf, and the arms of a human. 
And the arms of a tapering. Six arms, folks. Coming in at just over seven feet tall, this undead hugging machine has tight stitches, clean lines, and a very creative design. The crowd loves it. Up next is Varnara from the Nethesar Mountains. His entry is called the Zomboni. And here's the reveal, and oh my gods! It's a huge pulsing machine latched together of sinew and rotted flesh, horrible seeping wounds and billowing clouds of steam, all festering tread-like wheels, and for the love of all that is holy, the smell is indescribable. It looks like this infernal engine is being cooked from the inside out. Could've preserved that flesh better, Vanaroth. That's gonna cost him some points. Our last contestant is Tedros the Shaded, representing the Elkaran House of the Basilisk, with their entry called Skulderdash. And my words, is that it is a beautifully constructed bipedal skeleton made completely of skulls. Skulls for shoulders, skulls for hands, skulls for kneecaps. It's skulls all the way down, folks. And the audience is going absolutely wild. We may have our winner here, folks, but you'll have to tune in next time with a final verdict here on the League of Ultimate Flexing Necromancy Bodybuilding Competition. The snow begins to pour down. The wind begins to push your wagon, nearly toppling it over. The storm is intense. So, in order to make your destination on time, I need the group to designate someone to roll me a survival check. Should it be me? You can also work together to grant someone advantage. I would like to assist Mm -hmm. with my uh, arcana because I am a stormy boy. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's good stuff. Uh, so I assume you're nominating Mister Mister Freezemeister, the boy who grew Mr. up in the snow. White Christmas. Yes. Sorry. Okay. So uh, let's see a survival check at advantage because Christ is helping you with their mm-hmm. arcane gifts to kind of dull the storm slightly around you as you look for the path. <laughs> that that gives me a ten plus five is fifteen total. Fifteen is pretty solid. I like that. Um, so you do manage to make it to Thandon, but it is a rough half a day travel. You are cold. You are covered in snow. It's soaked through all of your clothes. Um, you're very cold. And you enter a small village. There's maybe 60 buildings. And as you kind of ride into the town square, you see there's some people out there preparing for, you know, uh, fortifying their houses and putting some extra boards against the windows because a very nasty storm has blown in. Um, and some of them are putting up light decorations. It looks like some of them are selling like fresh baked things as well as they can during this snowstorm. And a lot of people as you pass by are all kind of eyeing you just a little bit suspiciously. Um, you kind of stand out. You can tell which house is the largest from a distance away. Um, there is an estate with a large stone wall around it and a big gate and a very big dead pine tree out in the courtyard. Usually these things do very well in the winter. This one must have died a long time ago. It's not a huge mansion. It's only two floors, but the grounds themselves are fairly large. And adjacent to it looks like what used to be a very large factory that has long since burned down. Um, It's the remnants of what was once a large building. And some of the buildings near it, houses, look like they had a lot of fire damage as well. This is something that happened some time ago, but has not yet been repaired. The gate is open. Um, You can see people like milling about and everyone kind of eyeing you as you approach this mansion um, with a little bit of confusion and perhaps a bit of sourness in their face. I'm going to do it. You guys know I'm going to do this, yes? Hi, hello, hi, hello. (laughs) Hello. Yes, do you know where the Nile Rose estate is? 
and with almost a sarcastic gesture, uh, opens their hand towards the one almost kind of mansion in the entire town. Better question. Why are you being such a dink? Why are you going to find Nailaros? We are being hired to protect him. Nailaros is spending money on hiring people to protect him? More using a favor. And he kind of eyes this... suspiciously and be like, well. Is this an unusual occurrence? I, I thought he did this every year. He is a tight fist miser. Oh. That would explain why you keep looking at us with that face. He used to be a big man in town, but uh, he's made some bad choices. What What choices? Let's see if you get your paycheck. That's all I'll say. I have a lot of spirits rest prep to do. Happy spirits rest to you, by the way. Happy spirits rest. <laughs> and grabs a kid and shuffles off. Do they not know it's spirits rest? Do we have to be reminded? Why do we everybody keep saying this? It's just um, like a greeting this time of year. Okay, get another thing. I don't like this place. Neither do I. This energy is quite awful. I'm not impressed that he's the richest man in the tiny town. It doesn't, it's not that hard to do. Mm. I think we are almost the richest people yeah, in this, this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, as the gate is just kind of left open, um, you see it seems like everyone kind of gives this place a wide berth. Um, no one really walks towards it. If anyone's making their way down the street, they kind of turn and go away from the estate. Was um, Dink okay? Is this good use of word? I'm not used to uh, human insults. It, it was the, the best word for that situation. Yeah. I can't uh, imagine anyone getting that upset over it. It's probably a pretty safe insult to call someone. Damn, I thought it was really stinging. Was it, what, is, what is better? What is, what is really good? Stick it to them. I, I, you know, maybe we should just skip this one and just... <laughs> Your mother was a bugbear. And, and Whoa! <laughs> but what, wouldn't that mean you Whoa. have strong bloodlines? Big, thick, hairy arms? I think it'd mean you're ugly. Okay. <laughs> oh, <it's dumb>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad nobody is trying to argue with him. On this <laughs> and you guys see, it looks like Morty's like snuffling something, like he has it in the air, his nose is up, and he starts walking towards the estate, the large gate surrounding this... Uh, mini mansion and he's just like snuffling towards this like pile of like loose snow that looked almost like it was a stacked up pile of garbage or something but you realize there is a small child who is wearing rags and a blanket Don't eat it. and he's leaning up against it and uh, Morty's like sniffling at him and this little hand comes out and pats him on the nose and he starts licking it very friendly um, what's your name oh uh, hello <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> my name's William William what are you doing here William I was waiting to he says, looking towards the gate, I wanted to give a gift to Lord Nilerose, but we're not allowed on the estate grounds. Oh. This seems unlikely. I look at him suspiciously. <laughs> it's spirits rest. Everyone deserves a present. Nilerose doesn't have any family or friends. Yes, because he's a jerk. That's what mom says. Hmm. And he pulls out this, what looks like a kind of okay made, like hand padded glazed pastry. Um, it looks like a child made it. He says, oh. I took some extras from our desserts and made him a treat. Oh, Are you going is... in? Yes. Yes. Do you want me to give it to him? Would you? Yes. Uh, let's take a moment here. I take off a small piece of crust, oh, grind it in my fingers. Him. I taste it. I'm going to go ahead and do that. medicine check to see sure. if there's any poison in that bad boy. Go ahead. It just looks so delicious. Uh, four plus seven, so... <laughs> You don't taste any poison and it doesn't. It's not very good. I'm sick, sorry. It kind of tastes like someone took like four different pastries and smushed them together. Look, we were told to protect the man. You're I, going to I'm hand just, him random stranger spice? This is spice? a child. I poisoned the people when I was a child. This is nothing new. I, it's just goodies and sugar. It looks absolutely wonderful. A different kind of poison, if I'm being honest. 
Would you make sure that he has a good spirits rest for me? I will, I will. And we will give him the best spirits rest within the limits and bounds of the League of Ultimate Quest. <laughs> I wow, will. Wow, that but sounds one, good. I will. One condition. Uh-huh. Give me a hug. You're such a precious little man. Oh, uh, help me up, please. Yeah. I look, I keep a sharp eye on that little bastard. And as you lift him up, you realize he's uh, missing one of his legs. And he kind of wraps around one of yours and just like gives your hip a hug and nuzzles his little sandy blonde hair. And I, I sneak a hundred gold in his pocket. A hundred? <laughs> yeah. He's gonna get killed. <laughs> oh, and as you like even like try to fish towards his pocket, he kind of stops your hand and says, That's not what this is about. No, this is spirit's rest. We give gifts close to the heart, not money. Small William. I'm gonna make a sleight of hand roll. Oh my gosh. Cause he's getting this money, cause he's a darling, and I want him to have it. Uh, he's going to attempt to refuse your coin because he is a very <laughs> well-raised child. I've never done a sleight of hand roll, so I just really wanted to do it. Oh, that's just a 14. Yeah, he stops your hand before it comes to him and says, Just give Lord Nauros a good holiday for me. Okay. <laughs> and like, children are small, halflings are small. This is a halfling child. He is like fucking tiny. Oh, my soul hurts. Chris, you have to understand that that amount of money could do some serious destabilization of the local economy. Next time, maybe shoot for five gold. Or it could make it the best spirits rest ever. And then ruin the year to come. That is a lot of money. Maybe you don't understand just how much money that is. One one gold coin could feed probably everybody here for months. Months? Yes. Food is very, very cheap. Uh, no. Duh. You can buy you can buy a you can buy ten pounds of flour for a copper. Who eats just flour? You cook it into things. <laughs> How much is a horse? I don't know, like a few silver, twelve silver, uh, something like just, this. Uh, That's a, a steal. We that. should get some horses. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like ponies were like like a few silver, right? I think mules might be, but I think horses are oh, right. 20, they start around like gold. 10, 10 gold for like yeah. a sh- shitty pony. Oh, okay, fair enough. You could start oh. a ranch for that much. Well, it's, and especially if you eat like the drove, that that's definitely plenty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they eat like once every three days. And that's <laughs> quite unusual because in Alcara, food is like gold. Duh. Literally. Like and they when, put gold on it? Oh, sometimes there's this one time. Oh, wait. Uh, ooh. Duh. Anyway. Uh, okay. And Just uh, be careful about who you give money to. Not, not, not that you don't want you to give the money, but maybe not so much money. He's so small and he's missing a leg. And as you gesture towards him, you realize that William is gone. He probably couldn't even hold that much money. It would crush his single (laughs) tiny leg. Gold is heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I think think Chris needs education on facts and figures. Uh Well, the estate stands before you. And this large, looming dead tree kind of casts a somber ambience to the courtyard leading up to the building. This is um, ominous. Mm. Uh, do me a favor. Arvid, Hartex, take right. Uh, Chris and I will take left. Let's do a quick perimeter, make sure there's nothing outside. Yeah. Just walk around the, the estate. Sure. It looks like the front of the estate is where most of the yard is. The rest of it, the walls cling very close to the side of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't quite get around back, but you can see there's a large wall against it. And you get a glimpse of like a large sort of, almost like a stained glassy window on the back. Not much of a backyard to speak of. Maybe room for someone to like mill back and forth. Any um, notable points of ingress? Uh, it looks like there's been some damages to the outside of the building in the past. One of the upper windows has been repaired with like wood and a sheet draped over it. Um, so while it's a fairly nice building as far as places in this town go, it's a, a little bit of disrepair. How high is the wall? Uh, the wall surrounding the courtyard goes about uh, 12 feet up. 
Okay, so pretty tall stone wall. And okay. It's like caked with snow. This should be a fairly easy job. This shouldn't be hard to defend. Well, plus it looks like they're all starving and poor. Depends what we have to deal with. If they can burrow, if they can climb, if they can fly. But who says it's a a person a thing? The veil is thin this time of year. It could be anything, but I'm just thinking out. The, I'm thinking inside and outside of the box. Hmm. Very good. And yeah, your perimeter search. You find some more like there's some more trees in front of the house that aren't dead, much smaller. That are kind of lined up in a nice row. You figure like maybe ten years ago, this place probably looked pretty sweet, but no one's really given a shit about it since then. Well, shall we go in? I mean, probably knock. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a large, like, echoing knock from this fairly wide wooden door. And there's a, a pause before anything happens, and then you hear, like, some foot shuffling from a distance, getting closer and closer, and then <laughs> slides open. And this old man uh, wearing what looks like kind of nice pajamas, almost like a smoking jacket sort of thing, uh, with, like, a pointed... Uh, sleeping cap and spectacles on the end of his nose kind of eyes you all silently for a minute sort of licking his lips so you're the team they sent me Lord Cedric da? I'm Lord Nyros yes uh, it says Lord Cedric on our paper we should probably go look for Lord Cedric I guess <laughs> I'm the only Lord Nyros in all of Leone <laughs> okay quite a ragtag group they sent me huh Brack. did he just I've seen more rags uh, never mind I'm sorry Mm. Excuse me. It's a pleasure to meet you. Well, I assume you know what the job is. I need you to keep me safe for the evening. Keep you safe from what? He kind of looks out beyond the courtyard. There's been unease with the people of this town lately. I feel like they're getting ready to steal what's mine. Have you given them a good reason to think they should? I don't bother them. I haven't talked to many of them in almost a year now. Mm. What, what happened a year ago? <laughs> a lot. Come inside. Letting all the warmth out. He ushers you all inside and then clicks the door closed behind you and puts a large lock in front of it. Obviously, this guy is like been taking a lot of precautions. Like uh, the door is like extra fortified, like you might have installed extra locks as of recently. Um, and you see when you enter, there's kind of a decent sized entryway. Most of the first floor is all one large space with some doors coming off of it. Um, and near the door, there are these stacked up crates, like 10 of them that are open with like the chains that were wrapped around them kind of like hanging loosely. And all of them are packed full of these like blue and white rings of flowers. And uh, you can see a stairway leading up to the second floor, a little bit of a balcony, and then two doors that go off each side. And a large fireplace next to the stained glass window with a couple of high back chairs in front of it and a large fire kind of roaring in it with stacks of wood near it. All right, everybody take rooms. Any room that isn't necessary for this night, let's go ahead and lock it up and make sure it's covered. Nobody can get in. If you see any windows that are inside this main central area, where would you like to set up shop for the evening? I'm going to be staying here in front of the fire. I'd like you to stay within earshot. Excellent. Yeah, I think as long as we protect all of the doors, make sure everything's covered, all the windows are, are seen within the eyesight, I can't imagine they can do much. Hmm. Are we going to have at least one person eyes on him? On him directly. Ah. Duh. Why wouldn't we? Okay. I guess it's time for a tour then, isn't it? I guess. Yeah. And you can tell that the... Uh, furnishings herein are gorgeous like the the way the chairs are made the banisters on the stairs all the things that are woodworking are very well done um but it looks like there's a layer of dust over most of the things it hasn't been properly cl cleaned in quite some time the stack of firewood is like 10 times more wood than any one person would need you get almost like the sense of like a loner hoarder feeling from this hmm. um and as he kind of gestures, he opens up the doors on each side. They're like these big sliding doors. This is the dining room. Leads to a servant's cooking area. We don't have any servants. Oh, uh, Lord Nero's. Uh, someone brought you uh, this lovely little pastry. Someone? Who, you? 
Wow. Little uh, one-legged halfling boy. His name was William. Halfling boy. I didn't even know we had halflings here in Thandon. And I said, well, give it here. Hand it over. Well, uh, sets it down. Delightful. I'll be sure to enjoy that later. <laughs> so setting it on the dining room table. It's a pretty big dining hall. Have you ever had it full? Not for some time, no. I used to have guests. Anyway. This is depressing. He takes you to the other side of the main floor. Here's the library and sitting room. I don't have as many books as I used to. I had to sell a few. Um, there's a couple of meeting rooms near the door. And upstairs, there's two bedrooms and a storage area. You had to sell a few. This is not going so well. There is no business. Hmm. Was there a business? Yes. I didn't hire you all to ask questions. I hired you to protect me. Yes, but every piece of information we have may be able to protect you in the future. So maybe you leave the uh, professional things to the professionals and you just answer the question. Very clever and intrusive. A lot of people in town don't like me because I'm not giving them my money. Does Does that make sense? Giving or using? I suppose some people would say using, but I've already done it once. The reason this town exists is because of the woodworking factory that I made. But if you don't put your money into the economy, then nobody has any money to use. I did it for many years of my life. No, but you don't understand. Your business has downturned because nobody is having the money with which to buy your things. My business ended because they burned it down. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That probably was not an appropriate place to live. What? Burned it down? This was intentional? Irresponsibility. Oh, then, you mm. know. I guess they didn't burn it down, did they? I certainly didn't. It ruined my entire life. Everything I put all of my coins towards. Everything and effort for the past 30 years of my life. Going to this village. Used to have friends. The workers loved me. I paid them fine. And then they burned it all to the ground. Sounds like you're feeding a vicious cycle. I, more to the point, what actually happened? Was anyone hurt? They weren't being safe with how they stored the different oil rags, perhaps. Maybe they dropped a candle or a torch. Something happened and it burned to the ground. So you're saying you don't actually know how it happened? I know it was the workers during their night shift. No one wants to point the finger, except for at me, for not rebuilding it with the last of my money, putting myself into poverty. So I'm taking what I have and not bothering them, but keeping to myself. It's mine now. Doing what I can to make an extra coin here and there. Save for those pieces of trash. He says, spitting a little bit towards those crates by the door. What a failed endeavor that was. Your grasp of economics leaves much to be desired. This is not okay, what you were saying about these people. They wouldn't even take my coin. They want to work. They want to be better. I guarantee any one of them would take your coin. But, like, no? Because, like, we literally just try... I just literally watched my friend try to give 100 gold to a starving child. Yes, the same magical boy who brought me a pastry, despite the fact that the entire village hates me. I think you widely underestimate the innocence of children. Just just as you miss your friends, he wants to be a friend to you. Well, isn't that a nice sentiment? Anyway. They've been showing up at night with torches, waiting outside my gate. Maybe too late. Maybe too warm your home. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I'm sure it'll be quite warm for about an hour And then Eric would die Were they taunting you at all? Or they were just kind of standing out there Torches They were shouting things Like what? Calling me a miser huh. Telling me that it's my duty to rebuild that which I failed to keep going So well, we know the motive It's a very sad story, isn't it? Either way, they're losing their minds They're starving and desperate And they want what's mine And I need to keep people out of here I suppose I don't expect you'll really be doing anything other than posturing and being a very powerful group that's protecting me for the evening. Believe me, I've spread the word around. I'm sure you got some weird looks when you were on your way in. Hmm. 
Well, can I offer you maybe a bowl of cold potato soup? Your generosity is... Yeah, actually, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'm not quite the cook I used to be, but it fills the belly. How nice that none of you have families to spend your spirits rest with. <laughs> How could you just... I mean, he's mm. not wrong, is he? I kind of look around at everyone else. I think the only person here who has family they, they would actually like to spend any time around would be Arvid. But you have us, and you have jobs. You have work. Oh yes, work. My my favorite thing on a on a uh, family holiday. Spirits rest. I look genuinely confused. That I don't. I look at Chris. Are they joking? This is joke. No. No. It was my understanding that a lot of teams were offered the job and turned it down because they're busy on their vacations or with holiday plans with loved ones and it's all very charming. I'm glad they found someone, though. Loved ones are an absurdity. I like you, Atiyam. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I return the sentiment, but thank you. I like that, too. <laughs> um, Lord Nairos, uh do you know the population of this town, roughly? When I used to go out and about, I would say there used to be some... 300, maybe. I employed almost a third of them. And the other portion of people? Families, children, people who are too young to work, Hmm. wives who stayed home, old people. There's other businesses too, taverns and things, but nothing quite as large as the Nile Rose furnishings was. Hmm. I mean, it looks like you made some exquisite pieces. Kind of looks down at his gnarled old hands and says, Yes, I used to be quite gifted. I trained many others as well. Oh. Protégés. Dead now. Died in the fire. Ooh. My partner. He was a good man. Good head for numbers. Overpaid the employees a little bit, but kept him happy. Mm. He died in the fire as well. What was his name? Jacoby. Jacoby. Mr. Barley, the floor <laughs> manager. Maybe you and I will light a candle for him. <laughs> I think I'll just sit by the fire, thanks. Feel free to wander about. Just glance in my room if you wish to. Just try not to rifle through my things. I have very little privacy these days. He says, looking like for anyone to laugh, laugh at his horrible joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> very good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be outside. I got at the front door. Fair enough. And he like plops three little like long, wide, narrow plates of this cold potato lumpy milk. <laughs> um, and he takes his and sits over by the fire and opens up a bottle of what looks like dusty brandy or something. Just kind of sits staring into it, throwing a log on. Watching it crackle. Night's falling, right? It's starting to get to be nighttime. Like, you can see the sun is starting to set at this point. And still just raging storm? It's calmed down now that you're in town. Um, It was more La Paz leading here. was quite windy, but the snow is falling heavily. Do you guys think it's getting too late to... mm, For maybe one or a few of us go to the tavern? See the other side of this story? It would be difficult to protect him from off-premises. True, but I can't imagine anything would happen before midnight. (coughs) That's a strangely arbitrary time for you to decide that something significant would happen. I feel like something's off about this. Um, was he paying us 900 gold for this total? We are being paid, ah. but it might not be from him. No, was, Maven specifically said the League was paying us. He uh, wasn't paying us himself. He'd called in a favor the League owed him. Okay, well still, 900 gold. Uh, you could, If there's about 300 people here, everyone could have three gold, and you would probably... St- Turn off their unrest and they would be, uh, you know, happy. That was surprisingly That's accurate look. math, Arvid. That's oh. a temporary solution. That's not how economy works. There's not, uh, we, we're a temporary solution. <laughs> that is also a very good point. Have I seen anything outside? 
Yeah, um, as you're kind of standing outside and it starts to slowly get a little bit darker, you notice a, a couple of people kind of gathering near the gate. I walk up to the gate. Okay. And you see a couple of like older men with their arms crossed and a couple of younger men, maybe like 15, 18. Mm. Um, and they're standing out there and it looks like they're, the younger ones are starting to um, put these long piney wreaths of green grass like over the gate and to kind of drape it up along the top of the wall. And the other ones are starting to light torches. I heard you had the rough year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know anything about these customs, as I'm sure you can guess. What is this read? This, uh, we thought maybe we'd try being nice tonight, but doesn't mean we're going to stop trying to shout some sense into Nilros. Yeah, you you get that's not going to work, though. We haven't given up hope. <laughs> it's not about hope. You don't yell a solution to people. We do if they hide behind doors. <laughs> yeah, and nobody will listen. Nobody will listen to that. If you were sitting in the bathroom while somebody screams at you to do something, you're probably not going to do it. Look, you all have families to go home to. You all have things you can be doing. This is a problem that can be solved another day. Hmm. He looks around. Some of us used to have families. Fire? Mostly. And the consequences of that fire? Yes. <sighs> well, okay. Let me guess. Nairos thinks we're going to come kill him in his sleep. Da. I think he's losing his mind in his old age. We've been trying to shout sense to him. Try to get him to come out and speak with us. We have torches because it's nighttime and it's cold. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. Yes, uh, things from the outside can look pretty bad. Some of the younger people in town tend to take out their aggression on the outside of his estate. I think some of them tried to break in not too long ago. But they're misguided youth. They don't represent the village. We just want him to rebuild. He has the money, we know. And we'll help. We'll put in the labor. We just don't have the coin. We want to see the factory up again. How much would that cost? I have no head for these kinds of numbers, but I do know that it would take the town maybe another year. But we're willing to do it. We can bring life back to Thandon. We can make Nauros's life have meaning again. But he won't speak to any of us. He's hoarding his gold. He bought all of the tenor rings that were coming into town before the people got access to them. We were supposed to buy them. They're usually two or three copper. We hang them on our doors to ward away spirits during spirits' rest. He tried to sell them for ten silver each. What a knob. What? A last-ditch effort to make some coin before winter hit. What a fucking short. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, shit. <laughs> I reach into my pouch and I say, Look, I understand that you probably are too proud for this, but this is a gift from me. And I pull out, 20 gold and I just hand it to them and say spread it around give yourself something nice tonight please for me hmm. he hands it to one of the lads and says you know which families to bring this to and the boy takes off running and says us we have to stay here tonight the, I'll make sure he understands that you're not uh, intending any harm and I also need you to understand that if you know anybody who is going to make a move we will not hesitate we will take you down with extreme prejudice and believe me not any of you could do anything to stop us your entire town could come in here with torches raised and pitchforks armed, and we would burn you all to the ground. Well, I think you'd be burning the wrong person in this. I agree, so don't make us. And he holds his hands up. Have a good spirits rest. Mm. I walk back to the door. And as you're heading towards the door, you guys are inside, sort of milling about. I imagine Arvid is sharing some potato soup with Morty. Mm -hmm. um, and you just kind of occasionally look over at Nile Rose, who seems to be almost like zombie-like, just staring into the fire. The wood crackling and snapping, little ashes popping out. And uh, as it starts to set into nighttime, you see the fire ignite 
and get much brighter for just a moment. And the air gets filled with this red light from the fire and it seems to cling to the walls. The air has just become sort of a soft pink and the house begins to shake and rattle and dust begins to tremor down from little cracks in the ceiling and the stairs begin to vibrate as a red light emits from above the stairs. And a figure wreathed in chains dragging them along the wood, face obscured by a metal mask, burn marks all over the top of his head and his shoulders, begins to claw his way down the stairs, saying, Nilrose, you must atone for your sins! Looks like the Mortal Dawn are dealing with an extraplanar haunting. It's rare to see a dimensional shift coincide with a spirit's manifestation, so I imagine we're looking at a rather large-scale hotspot for the mysterious doings of divinity. Well, those are some keen words of the learned Ilithar. Ilithar, hmm. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? Uh, can I call you Illy? White? Uh, some kind of nickname? No. No nicknames. I hate nicknames. Ooh, <laughs> Sorry to ask the wrong question. Sounds like a touchy subject. Yes, well, if you'll pardon me, our mutual friend, Mr. Preakness, found it suiting to give me a nickname some long time ago, while working together, trying to build a reputation together. One that caught on and has followed me for far too long a time. I still hear the name Lily White uttered on the lips of the citizens when I'm in their eye. So no, Mr. Killigan, I think you shall use my full name, if you would be so kind. Oh, right. <laughs> I remember that. Wow, um, well, no problem, Ilithar. Excellent. It has been truly a great treat to be here with you all today, and the League has requested I return to maintain the position for the foreseeable future. So you can expect quite a bit more refinement and intellectual insight on this program. So join me and Kip Killigan next week as we explore the lives and dangerous delves of many a team across this strange and mysterious land of ours on the League of Ultimate Questing. Well, hey, that's, that's my line. <sighs> that's just damn fine. <laughs> Jacoby Barley. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's pretty solid. I, I was kind of hoping... I was hoping. Same, yeah. same. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for another fun episode of the League of Ultimate Questing. Let's introduce our players. My name is Sam, and I play Arvid, the druid barbarian. My name is Michael. I play Heruthax, the dragonborn warlock. My name is Alante, and I play Christ, the crystalline sorcerer. I am Zach. I play Artyom, the mini Scrooge Fulka. <laughs> um, and I'm also the editor or partial editor, producer, and uh, technical director of Slapdash Studios. I'd also like to take a moment and thank Tori Christensen for her excellent job editing. Notorious. <laughs> uh, my name is Law. I am the dungeon master and the creative director of Slapdash Studios. I'm very excited to be running a little Spirits Rest Christmas holiday special. These should be coming out at the right time in December. If you're a fan of the OUQ and want to see us keep growing, please take a moment to share it with some friends or boost us on social media. It's really the only good way to get word out, and we appreciate it very much. A new episode of the OUQ go live every Monday where podcasts are available. Visit slapdashstudios.com to get links to all of our social media, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Slap the Dash and Facebook at Slapdash Studios. 
We share weekly bonus content. I've been posting a lot of hot fire memes lately, uh, and it's the best way to interact with us. We'd love to hear you reach out and just say what you like, what you don't like, talk to us. Uh, you can show your support also. The best way, of course, is to check out our Patreon, which gets you access to not just character sheets, but maps, magic items, uh, bonus episodes, one shots, and level up stuff. Really cool. Even if you're a DM and you just want some more assets for your game, you can get some kind of cool freebies. And by freebies, I mean a very small monthly donation. <laughs> and Slapdash has another gaming podcast called D20 Questions, where me and Zach interview people in the gaming scene over drinks. We create all kinds of new ways to think about RPGs and storytelling. We get a little too drunk and uh, no one asked us to. <laughs> Strongly recommend if you want to come in on that. The Sam Cole episode Sam is Sam Cole episode choice. is very good. And if you are a member of Patreon, you can listen to D20 One Sides, where we unwind afterwards, take off the shackles and follow no template and just make assholes of ourselves. <laughs> um, but we love all the LU cuties. We hope you keep growing and questing with us. And until next time, we wish you luck. <laughs>